Hello, universe. Ye of computational infinite variety. Ye of oh so many wondrous and magnificent physical structures. Those in which I get to both exist and manipulate for my own enjoyment. In fact, so much computational wonder, it makes me think... What if the universe is just a couple of dudes sitting in the metaverse with, say, their studio apartment wall-sharing uh, nerdy files who uh, are in some water cooler uh, CPU testing contest to see who can create the most computational variety, the sort of computational variety that, as a side effect, just kicks out these bubbles of space-time reality that are the resonating force and energy that we are a part of, and thus we experience these bubbles of reality as we know them. And it's all just a bunch of who can create the most complex theory, mathematical computational formulas that extend the power generation needs of someone's oh-so-awesome metaverse silicon chip. But the reason that I'm starting to believe that might actually be the case, aside from the idea that, of course, there's got to be dorks in the metaverse fighting over whose computer is faster in ways that they can't even uh, ascertain, Besides those dorks being, I'm sure, infinite and universal. <clears throat> you're cracking. Your, your water cooling tower is not sufficient to keep the glitches in reality from coming through. Because wherever you look these days, at least if you're me, what you're finding are fractures in reality. Things have changed. Things are different now than they were significantly noticeably undeniably what is known as the mandela effect is something that not only am i suffering but is probably the single greatest <clears throat> challenge to my concept of reality as i've always known it the mandela effect changes everything there is no other way to put it to think that this is some sort of conspiracy theory cooked up by a couple of people who just couldn't remember a line from a movie is baloney. This is happening. This is real. This is an occurrence that multiple people are experiencing. Thousands, if not millions of people are experiencing. This, if anything, is the greatest proof of a simulation that you can possibly ask for. And yet it seems to be something that nobody takes seriously. Nobody treats as anything other than the uh, the rants of the feeble-minded in conviction of the absurd. Well, <clears throat> I'm here today to say enough. I want this to be investigated responsibly in a capacity that enables us to understand what is happening with this group of people who remember binarily a different 
an alternative reality to the one that's now presented to us as having occurred. We're not insane. We're not misremembering and we're not confabulating. We are in a separated reality from the one we know to have existed for us in our history. How is that disconnect possible? Explain it if you can, because so far no one has explained it. No one has come up with a theory that's even remotely satisfying to me. Someone suffering from almost every one of these effects. And <clears throat> I don't prepare for these recordings. I just hit the red button and let it go. But here on the 12th of January, 2022, I'm standing firm with my conviction that the Mandela effect, it makes me question everything. To prepare for this episode, all I did was listen to a couple of audio podcasts that, well, I don't know if they were audio, but I listened to them, so they were audio for me. Um, to remind me of some of the, uh, the glitches that have been noticed in reality. Um, I then today sat down and just wrote down a list of all the ones that I can remember specifically affecting me. Um, so this is my list and I don't have these in any particular order, though I am going to end with what I consider to be the ones that are to me, the absolutes. And I guess I'll explain that when I get there, but, uh, <clears throat> hello, Clarice. And how can, how can that have changed? How can that not be in a film when it was a line that we used? Uh, I mean, it wasn't just in certain friendship groups. That was uh, across pop culture. It's, again, okay. The Lindbergh baby, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes is, uh, I mean, it, it would... It, was, it, it stands out that it was T-O-O-N-S because as a kid, you know that's not how tunes are spelled, but then you put together that it is cartoons. So it's one of those first clever wordplay things you get as a child because it's an obvious one. On the end of every cartoon you watch that has Bugs Bunny in it. And some of the movies are just beyond the pale, including... Battery still not included. How do I know that's the title of the sequel? How is everyone who thinks of a sequel to the movies, Battery's Not Included, say it's, the sequel was called Battery Still Not Included? Okay, yeah, it's clever. But we don't all clever our way to that. That was back when all sequels were titled Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Friday the 13th Part 4, Friday the 13th Part 5. I wonder if they'll do a Part 6. If they do, I wonder if they'll call it Part 6. They won't but they will, and then it'll be called part six. Bullshit. Battery still not included. It was a movie. So was Shazam. Shazam with Sinbad in it. Sinbad the terrible comic was in a movie called Shazam, which I assume was terrible, because I never saw it. But you know what I did do? I did walk around the damn cardboard display that was in my movie rental place numerous times. When you went into my movie rental place, it was like this little converted house. 
And this is in my 20s, because <clears throat> I was across, I was dating a woman in Lake Oswego, Oregon. We would walk across, uh, I can't remember the name of the street for sure. It was a busy street, it was a main street that went through Lake Oswego. There was a grocery store uh, in that area and a little uh, video store. And that video store was in this sort of converted cottage. And so you'd walk in the front door like you would a house. And right in the living room area were all the main movies, the new releases and the popular rentals. And it was a big room. And on the left was where the cash register stand was. And then if you walked forward, the next sort of main open area to the left would be your dramas and adventures or whatever, your adult rentals. And then in the back to the right, if you walked that direction was like horror and sci-fi. And if you walked to the left was juvenile, teen, whatever, kid movies. And beyond kid movies, which I always thought was interesting because you had to walk through kid movies to get to the curtain, which was the X-rated movies. And my girlfriend at the time and I, she was kind of into that thing, would go rent those sometimes. And do you know what you had to do to get to that room? You had to walk past the Shazam cardboard box display. And it had stupid Sinbad above it. He was the back element. Like, you couldn't miss it. There were always 25 copies of it. It was the kind of thing that I bumped into so many times that I thought, well, if we can't find anything else to rent in the store, we can always rent that because it's always here. And then when Kazam came out, my first thought was, why would Shaq put out a movie that copies Sinbad? He's, he's not even funny. Sinbad's a terrible comic. So Shaq's not Richard Pryor by any means, but he's, he's got enough money behind him and marketing prowess not to recreate a terrible Sinbad movie. So don't tell me they're the same movie. They're not. They're clearly different movies. They happened in different points of time in life. It's not even like you can mistake them. It's like telling me that Shazam the movie and Shazam the TV series are the same. No, they're not. Billy Donovan, or whatever that kid's name is, might be in, the, in both, but they're not the same. Kazam and Shazam sound alike, but they're not the same. Neither is Mirror Mirror on the Wall or Magic Mirror on the Wall. Don't tell me confabulation. That's not what's happening. Those are two very different phrases. You know another movie that was I was so stunned when I heard? And this isn't even Fast Times, which I'm sorry, Fast Times is the one that stuns me. So does Risky Business, frankly. But way to go, Hamilton. WCG. I mean, it's the most common way to go phrase of all time. It was no longer in the movie. Now he comes out and says, what, I think awesome Hamilton or something? It, it, it's so out of place that it made me watch the whole movie over again, looking for other glitches because I know the movie so well. I mean, of all the movies I've seen in life, it, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is in the top 10 because it was the perfect movie to come out when I was in eighth grade, ninth grade, whatever, and then watch all through high school and college because we all loved it. It was quintessential, like The Breakfast Club, which if I had to guess is the movie my sister has seen the most still to this day. There are certain movies, and, and when they end with lines like, way to go Hamilton, that line becomes something that is said across 
all kinds of groups of your friends, from your smart friends to your dork friends to your church friends to your to your music friends. It doesn't matter. Everyone knew way to go Hamilton because we'd all seen the movie and it was the way the movie ended. And now it's not there. How does something like that change? And you know it's changed. I know it's changed. <laughs> way to go Hamilton. Don't tell me. I just am inventing that. And I'm inventing that with a whole group of other people. We all just got together and thought, hey, on the down low, when people ask about the end of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, let's all claim that we remember it said, way to go, Hamilton. Why is it always a bi-narrow? Why is it always a, a one or the other? People don't remember a swath of other things. They remember something else than what you're telling us is now the case. It's, it, <laughs> I, and, and how does that change? Is this scene in, in this universe poorly lit so they, they don't use Way to Go Hamilton? Does he never uh, 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 ad-lib that line like he did in the other universe? And so they don't have that, that take? I mean, <laughs> how does Sean Penn end a movie differently when the entire rest of the movie is the same. And I know it's the same because I watched it all. It's like now Houdini died being, I think, spleen punched, kidney punched by a student in a classroom. No, he didn't. Do you know who was a huge fan of magic? And like to the point of being too much of a fan of magic. <laughs> like my parents might have had a little bit of concern that I was getting into magic at a level that should probably slow down me because magic is awesome and houdini was was easily one of my first heroes and you know how he died he died in an underwater escape that went wrong he drowned at least when i wrote a second grade third grade whatever elementary school report about him that's how he died a book i remember reading to this day because at the time it was if not the longest book, one of the longest books I'd read. It was a hardcover book with very few illustrations, so it felt like work to get through it. I remember it vividly, and I very much remember the last illustration, which was this chained uh, crate sitting over water, about to be plunged into what would be Houdini's final moments. Don't tell me this isn't what, what I went through. It is. <laughs> I wrote the report, I still remember it. Have my memories been swapped out to something false? Maybe, how'd that happen? Okay, tell me how that happened. But Houdini died performing a trick up until recently. And when you get into things like Block Island, this is just where things are ridiculous. I took American history at the absolute highest level to the highest levels offered at our undergraduate college system. And do you know what I've never heard of? <laughs> Block Island. The very first sovereign attack on American soil by another nation. And I've never heard of it. <laughs> how, how is that possible? How could I not know that fact going into the AP history test for American history? That isn't a fact you overlook. That's a fact you have in your pocket should you need it. 
and to have never heard of it, baloney. It didn't happen in my reality. Just like the Statue of Liberty was never on Liberty Island. It's been on Ellis Island my whole life until, I don't know what, an X-Men movie or something moved it? I don't even know. <laughs> How did it move? I went to New York City my freshman year of college in October. And one of the things we did was take a ferry ride around the, the bay, or the harbor, I think. I think it's the harbor. Doesn't matter. What we did is we went past Ellis Island with the Statue of Liberty. They didn't announce it as Liberty Island. It was in Splash. And why, are, why is Tom Hanks involved in so many of these? Huh? Life is like a box of chocolates because life keeps surprising you. Life was not like a box of chocolates because then all the surprises are over. Life is like a box of chocolates. It continues to surprise us. Just like when you think you're going to get one of those nice, like, nut ones, and you end up with some, like, I don't know, gooey caramel mocha syrup-flavored thing. Blech. You have to chew it up and spit it in a napkin. That's what I'm doing to you, Mr. Tom Hanks, with your, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Of course it's the neighborhood. Because do you know what little kids don't screw up? The first seven words of a simple rhyming song from their childhood on a show they watch every day. Every day. Same song. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day. In the... Do you understand that if he said this neighborhood, what's the first thing that this kid would have thought of? Well, what's so nice about his neighborhood that's not about my neighborhood? Do you know what it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood is? It's general. It speaks to all of us. There are just certain ways we would have acted differently if the reality that we're told had always been there would have been there when we were there. Like Fruit Loops. If it was always spelled with two O's in, in fruit, I'd have been spelling it in my bowl that way. I'd have mimicked the box. But why didn't I mimic the box? Because UIT wasn't in my bowl. I'm looking at things like, I mean, objects, and, and it's funny, I say that I, I'm, I've got some at the end that I can, but objects in the mirror may be closer than they appear, I will go to my grave with. Just like I remember hearing, I don't remember who it was, but one of the audios I listened to, this one was like, and do you know what I will go to my grave with? Tweedledee and Tweedledum had propellers on their head. And I agree with her, they did. They absolutely did. There were no flags on their heads. They look ridiculous. I mean. Yes, they look ridiculous, but they look out of place without propellers on their head. They look like somebody CGI'd over a couple of flags just to be funny. It's not funny. In fact, it's terrifying is what it is. It's goddamn earth shattering. Thank you. Just like Smokey Bear. Smokey Bear? Smokey Bear? It's Smokey the Bear. He wasn't Smokey Bear. He's not some frat boy in college that could four-footer way too well. No. 
He's Smokey the Bear. The suspenders wearing, awesome hat donning, don't light matches in the woods, telling us bear. Smokey the Bear, Smokey the Bear, Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear. And you know those objects that may be closer in the mirror? You know what a kid trying to figure out everything in the universe couldn't figure out? Well, that sure leaves a whole lot up to interpretation because they may not be closer than they appear, or they may be. Why couldn't they commit? Why couldn't they figure that one out? They're gonna put it on the mirror. Why are they only giving you subtle advice? Why are they making you take a next step and do the work yourself? <sighs> telling you, that has something to do with the Spielberg Jurassic Park film. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, okay, fine. I'm not a Britney Spears fan. You know what? I, I can probably name one of her songs. Oops, I did it again. Is that even the name of the song? Is that even the lyric? I don't care. But I know she was wearing a headset. I 100% know it. Because you know what pop culture does? It forces, it's, it forces you to see it. So when somebody as big as Britney Spears has a song as big as her pop songs were, you know what you see? Her stupid image again and again and again, like the one with the headset that is now no longer there. Well, fine. But you're wrong. Just like you know what else you're wrong about? And, and <laughs> here's my story. My very first date ever was in eighth grade. And it was me and uh, a girl I will not name <clears throat> who uh, went to the uh, Aurora Mall to see a movie. And we saw the movie The Entity. This movie was way over our heads. And if I remember right, this would have been second semester of, it's probably sometime after Valentine's Day, I don't know. But I do remember when we were going out to the mall, we were wearing coats. So I'm guessing it was cold weather. Point is, this is my very first date. I remember a whole lot about this date. I remember sneaking into a movie that we had no business seeing. The entity is about a woman getting raped by a ghost. And then being harassed by that ghost for the rest of the movie. It is not a good movie for an eighth grader. I do not recommend it. Even if you're a curious eighth grader, wait until you're 17 to see that movie. What did we do after that? Well, we went to lunch together at this place that had just opened in the Aurora Mall called Chic Villa, Chic Villa, Chic Villa, Chic Villa. It was so new, we didn't know how to say the name. I've made that joke a hundred times. Chic Villa. My very first date. These are the kind of seminal memories that don't go away. They stay with you. You don't rearrange these stories to throw a K on the end of chick. You don't. You watch it change and you think, oh, they got so tired of people mispronouncing their name, they threw a K on the sign. Nope, it's always been that way. Oh, really? Well, no it hasn't. Not when I went there on my very first date. I 100% know that it wasn't chick filet. It was chic filla. <sighs> Just like I know if Dazzle Ships existed when I was a kid and was reviewing models in the store to make, there would have been a model of a Dazzle Ship I could have built and I'd have begged, 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 begged to buy that one. But do you know what I never did? I never did that because they didn't exist. Just like Rainbow Mountains, Rainbow uh, 
uh, valleys, rainbow rivers, rainbow moths, rainbow, 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 rainbow. There's rainbow everything. If another thing as a child I would have begged to do would have been to go to the Rainbow Mountains. I would not have cared if we were going to go to, uh, what's that mountain at Disneyland? Uh, Space Mountain? Space Mountain versus Rainbow Mountains? And Rainbow Mountains are real? I'd beg to go to the Rainbow Mountains. But we didn't go there. I didn't even have a mental image of thinking we were gonna go there and then being disappointed that we were only going to Space Mountain. I just know we went to Space Mountain because the Rainbow Mountains didn't exist. And, the, and these, these stupid animals that now, I, I mean, wh what happened to skunks? <laughs> what happened to Pepe Le Pew? He's, he's a totally different animated character now. I, he's drawn differently, just like skunks. There was one type of skunk in the universe and now there's a hundred of them. Well, there's multiple versions of skunks and none of them look right. And that's just part of wh what's, what's wrong with animals. And, and you can't tell me that it, that the, uh, the made up new animals that exist in this world. Like if, <laughs> if, if you, if you can take a jackhammer and a jackrabbit and come out with a jackhammer rabbit, well, I wouldn't be surprised if that animal now exists because that's what it seems like is happening. And these glitches are stupid. They don't make sense because who, who could have expected a whole new group of, of animals to just, suddenly pop onto the scene. This doesn't, this can't happen. But this is what's happened. This is what's happened. How am I supposed to incorporate this in my, in my routine of evidence-based reality? How am I supposed to? How, how, how am I supposed to take the word Chevrolet and accept that now it's always had an extra E? I played a lot of Wheel of Fortune. I never had to buy an E to spell Chevrolet, Vanna. And Kit Kat? Come on. Febreze, the Ford logo, Stouffer Stovetop, Coca-Cola. It ain't easy being cheesy. Volkswagen logo, do you know the very the the, the car of my youth, my very first car of memory is a Volkswagen van that my parents owned. It was a red one. I think it was a 68, if I remember right. I don't know the year. Don't hold me to that. But of many memories I have in that van, <laughs> and I have a lot, it was the very first car logo I ever learned. And the next one I learned was my best friend James had a Buick, and they have a funky logo. And I always was so, uh, <laughs> I was always Team VW because I thought it was one cool logo. And it did not have that split in the middle. It didn't. So don't tell me it did. Now it does? It always has? Okay. And, and now you're telling me that my underwear, which had the Fruit of the Looms logo in it, never had a cornucopia in it. <laughs> okay, fine. How does, it, how does a six-year-old know the word cornucopia? I didn't learn it in first grade. I learned it because it was in my underwear. And now it's never been there? Okay, fine. And why are the logos changing? Why, what is that? It's like, it's corporate weirdness. It's, it's like the CIA or some other law firms involved here. And it doesn't matter what that 
is about, but that is just stupid. Like Oscar Mayer. I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. O-S-C-A-R-M-E-Y-E-R. -E -E you drill these things into our heads over and over again as children. These are the things we learn first. Where's the beef? That's just how it goes. Don't squeeze the Charmin. This is a good place for a stick up. And now, <laughs> if, if this isn't some sort of reset of the simulation, some sort of uh, recalibration, some service pack 2.3 that's giving us a, the slight variance upgrades that also, unfortunately, with this new code, cause these glitches, right? It's the thing that makes the most sense. That the simulation got updated and it got updated in a way that is wonky. Because you can say what you want to about the ones that <laughs> I do or do not remember right. But you cannot tell me that C3PO had a silver leg. I was the biggest Star Wars dork, geek. I had all the collector's cards. I had the figures. I had the ships. I had all the toys. It was the only thing I wanted. I was eight years old when that movie came out. It was my life for the next four years of my life until Return of the Jedi came out. It meant everything to me. C-3PO never had a silver leg. Ever. Until now. And Luke, I am your father. It was the line. I've seen these movies thousands of times. I'm not exaggerating. I wish I were to a certain extent. Luke, I am your father. I know this isn't a bunch of people leaving the theater and getting it wrong. This isn't Oh, did you see Tommy Boy? Because in Tommy Boy, he says, Luke, I am your father. I bet they all just saw that movie and got it wrong. No. No, it isn't. That was the line. That is the line. It is the line now. The movies are wrong. They have changed. Call me crazy. Fine. I'm crazy. But I'm crazy with a whole bunch of other people who remember it another way. Why do we remember another way? We don't think it was... Oh, well, you know, when Tom Cruise came out in that scene, he was wearing his sunglasses, but he had on a white shirt. No, why did he have penny loafers? No, Tom Cruise came out without sunglasses, but it was a white shirt. Where was he wearing sunglasses, but the pink shirt? <laughs> There's nothing like that. Tom Cruise was in sunglasses and a white shirt and his socks and his underwear. Now, why isn't he in that now? Why are Hollywood images changing? Why do I know that Oscar Mayer is different? Do you know how dumb it is to know that that has changed? O-S-C-A-R-M-A-Y-E-R -E is Oscar Mayer. Fathers, be good to your daughters. And that's how we would have pronounced it. I don't live in a world where M-A-Y-E-R would have been pronounced Oscar Mayer. It would have been Oscar Mayer Baloney. Everywhere I lived as a kid, every household I would have walked into, We'd all pronounce it Oscar Mayer Baloney. But do you know what we called it? Oscar Mayer Baloney. Because it was spelled M-E-Y-E-R. 
And I'm getting to the last two here because these are the two that scare me the most. Only because, how did the Kennedy limo change? How are there six people in a limo that's always had four people in it for me? How does the magic bullet theory even work? When you put two more people in between Kennedy and the, and the front seat, it just, it can't be, it's, it's impossible. Governor Connolly's wife wasn't in that car. We've never heard her commentary about the event because she wasn't in the event. There were four people in that limousine. I have studied the Kennedy assassination as much as I've studied anything because do you know what rings of complete conspiracy cover-up? That does. Duh. They're still covering it up. We don't know what happened that day. They won't publish what they know because they're afraid it'll fracture the reality of civilization in this country as we know it. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that day was the fracturing of reality in this country as we know it. And yeah, there have been plenty of past heinous episodes from the genocide of the native peoples to the atrocities against the African nations to the treatment of women and every other possible inferior community us white men could dominate. And yet, Kennedy was hope. Kennedy was the idea that we can be better. Kennedy was the thought that you can be bigger than yourself by being about something that's bigger than yourself. He was right. He had to go. And we've been suffering it ever since. So don't tell me I don't know how many people were in that limo. I know exactly how many people were in that limo. I've wondered about how that day could have happened since I've known about it. And how is it possible that there's now six people in a limo that there have always been four? Is everything I've seen fake footage? Is everything now fake footage? What do people from the day remember? How many of them are left? How many people were in the car? How many people were sitting in the book depository area, whatever that's called? How many people know the truth? Well, whoever does seems to be well-connected because we certainly don't know the truth. But what I do know 100%, and I will go to my grave, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, with the Berenstain Bears. They are not the Berenstain Bears. They are the Berenstain Bears. The Berenstain Bears. There is never an A in that. And how do I know this? Because little old seven-year-old Johnny, when he was five, moved next door to a kid named Mark Fargotstein. F-A-R-G-O-T-S-T-E-I-N. Mark Fargotstein. Yes, that was his name. And <clears throat> at some point, a couple years after moving in next door to Mr. Mark Fargotstein, I had a card that I wanted to give him. Um, I'm not sure if it was a birthday card, Christmas card. It could have been a Valentine's Day card. Who knows? But as a child who 
was very much into knowing everything I could possibly know. One thing I didn't know was how to spell Mark's last name. I wasn't even probably sure exactly how to say it because it was a mouthful. And wanting to give him the card in the appropriate manner that I had learned you should address a card with one's full name, I went next door and asked his grandmother, who he lived with, how to spell his name. And do you know what she used to help me learn how to spell Fargotstein? She brought me the Berenstein Bears. Because S-T-E-I-N was the end of Mark Fargotstein. And that was the hard part. Because she taught me the easy parts were that the first six letters were just the words far got. So if I could spell far and I could spell got, all I needed to do was look over at my Berenstein Bears books and I could spell Mark's name. And I used this little spelling device to be able to spell Fargetstein until it was hammered into my head how to spell it. And I used that breaking down words into their components spelling technique that was taught to me by uh, Mark's grandmother to become Denver Public Schools champion spelling bee. And yes, I was the Denver Public Schools champion spelling bee. Spelling bee champion? <laughs> I was clearly not the Denver Public Schools uh, grammar champion. Champion grammar? Champion de grammar? No, I wasn't. And I never would claim such stupid uh, <laughs> accolades given my grammar limitations. But spelling, I take seriously because of this episode of my life. And now you want to tell me it's always been Baron Stain. Okie dokie. Then all of that is wrong. And bullshit. I just call bullshit. Like I said, nothing has explained what this is. Nothing out there comes close. And the hocus pocusy explanations that people think we've shifted from some universe to this universe or uh, another universe, Everyone died and we're the ones that the souls persisted into this new universe and now things are slightly different. I mean, seriously, that's just dumb. That doesn't make sense. How can all of my compartmentalized life be identical except for these stupid little things? Like Chevrolet. Like the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa, she smirks at me now. She did not do that when I saw her in person. The thinker has moved his fist. How? How can these components of my history be different? How? This isn't confabulation. You can't confabulate a four-person limo in the Kennedy assassination. There is no such thing. You can't confabulate. We are the champions of the world. How is that what everybody remembers? Everybody just tagged that on to the end of the song? Bullshit. It was there. It was there. And these are just such quirky changes. They don't make sense. Even if this is the CIA mucking with us, it doesn't make sense. This feels like degradation. This feels like things are slipping. You can't have a cartoon family lose 
one of the letters in their last name and then regain it and not tell me there's some fracturing in reality here. Degradation in the simulation. And why we're not taking this seriously? Well, I'm here to say enough. This is the biggest mystery of my life. This is happening. The only good thing about what's going on here is the community of people that exist that arose because of this, in my opinion. And maybe that's the whole point. Maybe the simulation is trying to trigger those of us with some capacity in which to become, I don't even know what, but I do know this. I know that the people in this community are some of the most esteem-worthy people I've seen, period, in my entire interaction online. And if there's anything I regret about recognizing the Mandela effect and its impact in my life is that I didn't participate more in the wider community at large being affected. And if this is some sort of bubble of the simulation to help us all understand who we are and that we're here and that we need to connect, then I'm in because I think you, you people are awesome. And I'm going to speak specifically about some of the people who are involved that in my, <clears throat> in, well, the Mandela effect is a bad name for the whole uh, uh, effect because what happened is a woman named Fiona Broom discovered uh, that she was among a group of people who recalled a completely different timeline regarding Nelson Mandela, that he had died in prison, that in fact, and, and more than that, had had a funeral uh, that included Winnie Mandela giving a passionate speech, that then Winnie Mandela, I believe, ascended into political power herself. I mean, a whole other timeline. And they all remembered that timeline similarly. And that's not what happened. It's like all of us who remember a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad, and now you tell us the movie never existed. Wait, what? And, <laughs> and she's not even the first. This is just what popularized the term enough that it ended up somewhere like YouTube, which is where I think I ran into it. In other words, pop culture got a hold of it because of Fiona Broom being in the right place at the right time, noticing the effect. I believe going so far as to start cataloging this effect into an ebook. I mean, I don't want to diminish her regard in, in popularizing uh, this concept so that it, it caught uh, the masses. Um, because without her, I don't think I'd have ever heard of it. But there were people behind, before her, Cynthia Sue, Lar Cynthia Sue Larson for one. Uh, Philip K. Dick has mentioned this. But there are plenty of people who have done a lot of work on this phenomenon. And yet, it's being dismissed as conspiracy theory. Why? And, and, and there is no answer to that. Because this must be something core to explaining all the disconnect that we're experiencing. Whatever these disconnects are, they're just endemic of the overall disconnect we're feeling as a human society. And I will thank Moneybag73, JinxCat, and All Time above all else here for what you've done in this uh, particular discipline. Thank you. You, without you, I'd still be lost. And Moneybags, obviously, you've given more here than uh, than I can possibly say thank you enough for. And Jinx Cat, you make uh, to me the most connective videos of all 
and all time, I think you're taking on the challenge of, well, what the hell is this? So um, in terms of community, Hazel Fiverr, uh, Watership Down is easily one of my favorite books. Uh, Brian Stavely, Truth Seeker 69, um, EYA, I'm not really sure. I, I, you, I've run into you all over the internet. I, I applaud your effort and thank you for everything you've done. Um, there's a doctor who talked about tinnitus. Um, there's, maybe it's Mandela. I'm trying to name people off the top of my head now and I know this is a bad way to do it. But, oh, you guys are awesome. Everything that you have done, who, all of you, what you have contributed to um, the wonder of being alive and frankly, settling me down enough to allow me happiness and some sense of balance in this chalked up reality we're calling <laughs> simulation 8675309. Um, but, you know, trying to figure out what we all have in common, I don't know. I know there's mention of us all being lucid dreamers. I'm definitely a lucid dreamer. Oh, there's the empathic sensibility that seems to run rampant. All here to help. I mean, everyone just seems such, like such a, 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 almost an old soul, if I can put it that way. So, yeah, the Mandela effect, it may have fractured my reality, but do you know what? Since discovering the Mandela effect, my life has found order. That which was chaotic before, I don't know. It's fallen into place in a way that, honestly, I'd given up on life even being able to do for me. So, all I can say is, now let's get to work on solving the mystery that is the Mandela Effect. <laughs>